0: Welcome to episode 35 of Brisco Talk Shop. I like that these numbers are getting higher, man. All, all these awesome guests on this podcast. Today we have Jeff Bramstead. one of my favorite podcasts so far, 100%. He's the owner of Scott of San Diego. He's a part of Life of Valor, which is like a traveling men's ministry with other Navy SEALs and uh, other strong-willed men, I guess, who do some public speaking events and try to inspire grown men and young men, which is a tough task to say the least. He's also a stuntman, been a part of movies, uh, skydiver. And um, I mean, obviously his uh, career in Navy SEALs was a really big part of his life. We talk about all these things, and we also talk about uh, just life as a father. I think that's one of the most important things to him and as a father and a business owner. My younger sir- sister actually works for him down in San Diego, and that is a big reason that this podcast happened. So, thank you, Coley, and thank you, Jeff, for coming through. Enjoy the show. This this conversation is exactly exactly what we're we're doing. I mean, I read in a I read in a, a thing not that long ago that really opened my eyes. It's like most people are are only about two to three questions away from a tragedy. You know if you want to get to know someone you I mean you get you ask them two or three questions about their life and there's something behind the scenes that has knocked them on their ass or Thank someone you. they love mm-hmm. and it's just it's right there and so like watching your kids I mean how do you so I, I mean I don't know you very well mm-hmm. we've we've only had a handful of conversations they've right. been great um, but like let's say as a dad hmm you're not. You're not going to teach your kids how to avoid problems. Like you're going to teach mm-hmm. them how to how to confront them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, with that theory in mind, like, how do you let them know that life's about to, you know, it's gonna hit them?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the The first thing is is when. So watching my kids grow up. So again, they're 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 twenty. 18 i have a daughter who's 17 she's special needs so that 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 spectrum is completely different so she has cerebral palsy uh she's she's 17 but she's developmentally probably six or seven and will that will that uh keep it'll keep climbing okay Mm -hmm. it'll keep it'll keep climbing a little bit like you know i mean when she was 14 she wasn't able to she wasn't able to communicate as well as she can now right okay. and so now she can communicate much better she doesn't form her words very well but she can text things mm. it's really it's really it's really interesting so she'll send me text messages and pictures and and everything else but i mean it's it's uh you know even the and this is a little bit off topic but the special needs thing right the yeah. special needs thing is a little bit different where their problem set is so different where they're not going to have the same struggles that say my my boys will have right yeah my 20 yeah. year old and my 18 year old the key that i found in raising these kids is is raising them per their specific skill set or uh, or things the way that they handle like my 18 year old super sensitive my 20 year old not being able to, to to teach them and train them and and raise them up right in in the way that they should that they should go making sure that they understand that as they grow up they're going to be presented with different levels of problems high school yeah not a world-class problem (laughs) but it's a world-class problem when you're in high school oh goodness right and that's where the main and and i say not a world-class problem as you become if i mean say you make it through that unscathed then you get to 22 23 24 25 and all of a sudden high school seems like a distant memory (laughs) it seems like so long ago it seems like a lifetime ago and and you get to graduation i just had one my my number two son just graduated high school and he's already you know thinking like okay so education workforce what do i do i'm like see that's adult those are adult problems that you're going to come across whereas before and not to diminish it because it's a big deal but social media has presented a lot of these, a lot of these problems that these kids are dealing with. They're, they're standing at the school, maybe their popularity or how many likes do they get, or they text somebody and they don't respond right away. And then they start feeling that level of rejection, right? Rejection is, the, is, is a red carpet that rolls out so many issues into the lives of young people that when they experience rejection and they haven't been taught or trained or mentored or coached in how to deal with rejection now they start trying to deal with it themselves and and it's not a statistic you can find out there I'm 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 pulling this out of my hoop somehow but I'm going to prob- I'm going to say that the vast majority of people who have not been taught how to handle rejection are going to handle it wrong and when they handle it wrong, it issues in a whole new, a whole new, uh, uh, a set of problems that are so massive in their minds that now they begin to, they begin to uh, almost uh, degrade in a way where now they start to struggle with things like their their coping mechanisms aren't going to be taught by someone who loves them, cares about them, has been through it. Now. I'm I'm an old man. I haven't I haven't had to deal with the the, the things that happen in social media. I've had because of what I do, because I'm in in uh, I do business stuff, but I'm also in full time ministry. I do a lot of ministry based stuff and I've had people I have had death threats. People call me, I'm going to kill you you know, because they don't believe the way I believe. OK, got it. Um, I'm a little different because I will give them the address of where I'm at. (laughs) Yeah. You can try your best shot. Come on, bring it and bring all of your friends. Make sure they're well fed because it is going to be a long afternoon for you because I have a skill set that you don't want to deal with. It's just, you know, and I've never had any takers, you know, it's just my thing, but watching these boys. As I'm beginning to teach them, this is how you, this is, as when they're in high school, this is how you handle rejection. This is what you, this is what you, this is what you do. Uh, don't be a bully. Be the anti-bully. Be that guy. Fight for somebody that can't fight for themselves. That's the only time that fighting is appropriate. Fight the right way. As you grow up with your relationships, fight fair with the people that you love. Fight fair. In other words, sometimes that whole adage, yo, no, don't go to bed mad, you know. I think that's a load of crap. I think. sometimes yeah, me too. You need to. Sometimes you need to go and 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 instead of uh, staying there and in my sleep deprived, angry state of awesome, and I say that facetiously, decision making. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to get some sleep, rest on it, and then wake up and then go about it because I'm going to be a different person when I wake up. You know what I mean.
0: The the term uh, sleeping on it is has different translations all over the world. I think mm-hmm. the French one is sleep with it. Mm. You know, when you when you sleep on something, I mean, the way REM works, the way your subconscious works, the way your ego works, like you need some REM sleep to understand what just happened in Mm. the day. And especially if it's huge emotional flare up, your ego is involved. I mean, your subconscious is going to have a really tough time navigating understanding exactly why you're mad or making good choices i mean that was one of the biggest problems i had in my one one of my last relationships is i I believed that you weren't supposed to go to bed mad and i mean now i remember my parents fighting at three in the morning four in the morning because they just wouldn't go to sleep until they resolve it and like you know let's say that's a saturday and then by wednesday everything's fine you're like man maybe just like nut up and call it at
1: 10 p.m we lost five days. In yeah. <laughs> five um, days of fun we could have had and now it's gone. Well, All right.
0: But the, the thing that the biggest thing that stuck out with me with that rejections huge. I mean, I've I've tried to add some like rejection training in my own life. Go up mm-hmm. to people in public, shake their hands, ask them a question. I, I saw on a podcast someone asked for 10 percent off at Starbucks. You know, for no reason, like things like that, that put yourself out in that because it triggers this tiny fight or flight response and it has self-worth comes into play. Uh, But I think the the hardest part to navigate about rejection is when you're rejected for a good reason, Mm -hmm. like when when it actually means something, maybe you're not, you know, very maybe you're not very charismatic or uh you don't communicate very well or you're not mm-hmm. honest enough or upfront with your intentions enough like let's say you're asking a girl out and you try to you know play the friend card and then you get in this weird position and then you don't tell her the truth that if you like her and then she rejects you and you go oh there's something it's like maybe there is something wrong here mm-hmm. like maybe let's maybe let's think about it i mean but balancing that real information but not internalizing it so much that you start to slip backwards mm-hmm. and you start self-sabotaging. Mm-hmm. So it's like you kind of have to play this mental gymnastics to carry the right amount of weight that you actually get stronger and it doesn't just like smash you into the right. ground. Uh,
1: and, and I think what you're talking about is ownership.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Ownership, right? Yes.
1: So uh, you, you got to own. And, and part of that is, is, uh, is, is knowing yourself, knowing, knowing who you are, Knowing what makes you work, what makes you tick, knowing what what is it about you that makes you that makes you uh, that makes you special, right? Or the things, and and by that I mean what sets you apart from other people. There yeah. could be some things that set you apart from other people that aren't great things. Yeah, right. I think that's what you're what you're what you're getting at, right? Is that am I getting close to that? Well, you're going to have
0: both sides of the spectrum. Sure. I mean, pretending that uh, I mean pretending that rejection is only people's inability to accept you right. is not is wrong. Pretending right. it's all your fault also wrong. I mean this wise mind that is so impossible to, to nail down. And you're supposed to do this at 15. like at 16 years old and you don't know mm-hmm. I and mean, you see so your first lessons like right. it,
1: Yeah and, and and there are other parts too. I mean the the, the human mind, especially in males. You know like you don't really develop empathy the empathy part of your brain doesn't really develop until you're in your early 20s Uh -uh. so the way that you're going to respond to things is going to be different as you as you as you grow up yeah but the things that you're required to respond to are coming at you now in this generation like this this age where we're in right now this this 2022 social media things are flying at you this information era where where things are readily available i mean there's more computing power and information available on this thing right here than nasa had to put people in space in the 60s and 70s you know and that having that kind of stuff in your in your at your at the ready i mean it's you may not have the all the facilities and capabilities to be able to handle some of the stuff that's that, that's that's coming at you so with my with my kids and i keep coming back to that i always tell them stories of when i was a kid yeah and i love doing that because then they get to get to see it from my end like this is this is why maybe dad doesn't understand some of the stuff that we're that we're dealing with and i'm like you need to help me help you you need to help you educate me teach me like what's going on Like yeah. they, they start talking about all this stuff that happens in, you know in the um, insta face you yeah know? <laughs> yeah the <laughs> psychological warfare yeah the stuff that the stuff that that they and then I said well, well show me your uh, show me your uh, your Instagram let me look at it Uh yeah Um, dad I don't know if you want to see <laughs> what I who, who I don't want and what they're saying is I don't know if I want you to see who I am on social media, I was like, "Well, why are you why are you afraid of that? Are you somebody different when you're on social media than you are when you're sitting here with me?" Well, I think you might see that. I said, "Well, we'll, we'll show me," you know, because what I did is I made it very clear to my kids probably two years ago. My role as your dad is changing. I'm not really, I'm, I mean, dad, daddy, father; those things still exist, and yeah, I'm still going to gird down on you when when you when you mess something up. I'm going to do the dad stuff but I'm probably gonna be more of a coach because now you know right from wrong and everything else. And you're gonna mess it up. And when you do, call me and we will sort it out together. Call me, come to me, talk to me. Let's sit down together Let's and we'll, we'll go through it. I will get in it with you. I will demonstrate the standard that I know and let's walk through it together. So I always tell them about when I was a kid, when I was bullied when i was you know uh, i got you know beat up for no reason and all this other stuff and what it did inside right and then i talked to them about what part of that do i own right was I a little smart ass when i shouldn't have been was i saying things that i shouldn't have been saying was i doing things i should have should have been doing um and and, and you know i mean uh, there are times where good old-fashioned whipping is, is 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 in line you probably got it coming right not not always there's always a better way to handle it and that's what i've been teaching teaching my boys that you have to own it to go to what we were talking about earlier yeah right? the things that are in you that that have gone unaddressed are going to begin to grow it's almost as though life is just is putting fertilizer on it and mm-hmm. and and all this stuff and and the biggest one that i saw with my with my kids was or that i that i wanted to get in front of was this thing called bitterness and when you're bitter bitterness is like a seed and you put it in the ground and then you start watering it and then it grows and it becomes unforgiveness and unforgiveness and bitterness is Sort of like uh, eating poison and expecting the other guy to die. Yeah. Right? But it's going to produce fruit. And when it produces fruit, man, who gets to eat that fruit, boys? I mean, you do. And it tastes like crap. And it's going to make it, and then it's, it, it starts a snowball effect And trying to get somebody to get past some an, an offense that might have happened in your past, where sometimes you just, you're, gonna have to, you're gonna have to let that go somehow. You're gonna have to forgive that. You're gonna have to let that go. And when you can't let it go, it's going to dominate you. And every time you open your mouth, You're going to bleed on whoever's around you because you have all these scrapes and scarps scrap uh, scrapes and and slashes in your heart and so whenever anytime anybody pours love or caring or understanding in it it's going to just come out those wounds well what if that was healed now it's going to come out the top and that's when you start speaking positive things and saying the right things and encouraging and being being that thing so when as i'm watching you grow up now right because i get to spend countless hours right with your sister yeah right because she works for me she's in our marketing department she's doing a fantastic job and watching her grow up she's and I, grown and, a lot and i get to mentor her through a lot of stuff and and, and she's recently been through a little bit of a life-changing yep. thing and i got to be in the middle of that i'll never forget because she called me and and when she when she called me when she was she was crying on the phone my boss hat came off my buddy hat came off and my dad hat went on i was like buddy what's going on talk to me what's what's happening and she was telling me what she was dealing with and i started walking her through the process and when she heard my tone of voice and she heard that i wasn't angry with her i was i was a little bummed out about some of the decisions that she had made but i'm like we're all gonna make bad decisions i'm gonna do that but let's start at the beginning. What, do, what part of this do you own? And that's the part that we have to deal with. Let's deal with that first. Mm-hmm. And watching, watching her all of a sudden, it was like an overnight growth. Like The next time I saw her, she was a different person the next time I saw her. Right. Yeah. And so with my boys, I'm, I I do the same thing with with these circumstances as they come up. Let's start with the part of it that you that you own.
0: Yeah. With with my sister specifically, I mean, people ask about our relationship and this and that. And I've come to the conclusion that, you know, with her, I I have no idea what's going to happen next. Mm. Like, I don't know what she's going to do next, but I do know that she'll look the devil in the eye. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do I trust her? It's like, Yes. I trust her to, you know, just her personality type. She's just gonna be going. She's gonna mm-hmm. run into all sorts of trouble, you know. Like it's kind of a handful of darts at a board <laughs> style. <laughs> right. So I mean, you're gonna end up hitting some some shit you don't want to sometimes. Yeah. But it's like with her, it's like yes, I trust her because she'll handle it. Mm-hmm. And that's that kind of that's that kind of competence and ownership that that like. Those are the only people I can really be around. Like, you don't have to be perfect, but like when, when shit hits the fan, like I need to not, like, I haven't had to check, you know, I'm, she, she called me as well and is like, obviously I'm there to help, but I haven't had to check on her every day. Right. It was just like, yeah, you need my help right now. Mm -hmm. Now go for it. Now your life's yours. I love,
1: I love listening to her talk about you about me yeah i do it because she has i'm gonna move this chair a little
0: bit you want to scoot it forward I'm yeah. gonna do this with it.
1: Sure. all right we're good are you still okay well
0: she she impacts me a lot the way that she talks to me to me yeah and
1: things that's yeah she loves you she uh, when she talks about you she just lights up she's so proud of you and mm-hmm. what you've accomplished and and me watching you grow up, you know, has been is, has been amazing because uh, you know I don't get to see you often. Uh, run into you, Ran into you on the beach the other day. You know, it, uh, well, it's probably about two, three months ago mm-hmm. now, right? At that, uh, at. Um, The The charity event event. that charity event. Yeah, I forget what it was. for. Yeah, this guy fun Chad does that, you know, and the name escapes me of the event that he was doing. But but it's great. And he just supports this amazing stuff around. I love seeing people when they just support stuff. I I can't I I can't not get involved when that happens. And and when I take Nicole and I put her in those situations her personality just shines because she will talk to anyone and she will and and her personality is so alive and out front that when she starts to when she when people get around her they 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 want to they want to they want they want more of that right and i don't know if it's something that runs in your family because i don't know any of your other siblings or your parents or whatever but you're similar to that yeah when people get get around you and stuff and and um i've I've looked at before I killed all my social media because I had too many weirdos on there and people DMing me and I just didn't have time. And I'll spend 23 minutes a day looking at people's, I don't care about your cat, man. I just, <laughs> I just don't, And I don't care what you had for dinner last night. You know, I don't want to see a plate, a, a picture, a plate of your food. I just don't care. Right. So I took 23 minutes of that every day. And I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's, that's a couple hours of a week that I could
0: 100 hours a year I think
1: that I could I could spend furthering a relationship that I have. So now what I do is I spend a couple hours a week handwriting a letter and sending it to someone that I care about and watching their response cuz there's something about an email text, okay, cool, that takes seconds. When you're going to handwrite a letter that's 4 or 5 pages long and you're going to take the time to write their their address on an envelope and you're going to fold that up and you're going to put it in an envelope and you're going to seal it and you're going to put a stamp on it and you're going to walk it to the mailbox, they inherently deep down understand the time investment that you made in that relationship. It's intimate. It's intimate and it's it's cl- and I and it but it's it's because I'm not that great at this relationship thing of maintaining friendships that you have. And that's one of the things that I've, that I've really taken on this year, uh, being able to do that with relationships, being present, being present, being there with someone and not being there sitting here talking to Mitchie. But I'm thinking about all this trouble that I have going on at the drop zone, you know, things going on on the military side, tack air side, things that we're, we're doing, you know, with with I fly and, and all the, the stuff that you know so well, too, because you've yeah. been around that world. And and I I don't do that anymore. And it was really, quite frankly, just a decision. And people, they, 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 start, they, they run from those types of decisions. They don't want to participate in those types of decisions, or they'll do it. It's like, why do gym memberships do so well in January? <laughs> why do they do so bad in February? Yeah. January is the biggest month in the gym world. February is the lowest month, and I know that because I own a gym. That's right? so
0: fast. That's a faster turnaround. It's a fast turnaround.
1: Right. And so to be able to stay in a decision and make it part of you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the whole that's the whole thing of a say New Year's resolutions. I don't call them that. I just say this is a change I'm going to make for, for for this year. I guess it's the same thing, but it's just I'm a semantics guy. And that was one of the one of the ones I, I decided this year. So I really take an active role in the lives of the people that are most important to me. And how can I help? What can I do for you?
0: the a man with a big enough why can do almost anyhow yeah. and that is really that that is what sparks my curiosity with what did you have to accept that you know because not being present you feel like you're protecting yourself mm-hmm. you know maybe it, i know for me i i when i struggle with being present is i'm really focused on something that i want to do right in the future that doesn't have anything to do with this conversation i want to do well in a contest and maybe that's a good idea because i can get hurt you know maybe you know maybe this relationship isn't as important as you know my femurs or you know sometimes that's Mm -hmm. a really tough right thing that you have to admit like i need my zone i'm going to take these three weeks like please forgive me but um i i do wonder coming out of i mean because I don't know much about your military background, mm-hmm. you know, the Navy SEALs mm-hmm. and the people that you've been around. Um, I can only, I, I can't imagine how difficult it would be to be present when you are a kill or be killed person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, how do, you, how do you go about accepting that I can look you in the eyes and I'm, I'm safe right now? This is the most important thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a, that feels just about
1: impossible. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess it's 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 what can I what can I equate it to um, first of all to be clear about the question like what's like what's a, what's the true what's the real what's the real question in there I'm missing something help me
0: How do you accept that you're safe where you are?
1: How do I accept that I'm that I'm safe?
0: They, we're, you know, yeah. we're safe. This is what we should be doing. Sure. This is where your head's at. And, and this is the best use of my time like
1: that. Gotcha. Gotcha. OK. Um, for, for, well, I think it goes back to what's the definition first of 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 present. Right. And that is it is genuinely causing the other person that you're with to feel like they're the only thing that matters in that moment. Yeah, right? There are times where I'm in my office and I am in, my phone is, I got text messages coming in, I got the phone ringing, I got an email I gotta try to get out, and there's somebody standing at my door whose life is just unraveling at our, where we're, where what we do, and it's just like any business. I have 168 employees down there. That's a big business. There's a big it's a big it's a lot going on. It's a yeah. lot of moving parts. And that's at one of your businesses. That's one of them. And one and, and, and when these kids and a lot of them are and it's it's skydiving, right? Skydiving for some reason it just it's people who have had or struggle with at some point in their life something that it was drastic where they had to turn to something healthy to replace something that could be or has been in their life unhealthy. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's in my employees, it's in our fun jumpers, it's in everything. You go and talk to them long enough, you're going to see something that they are going to want to, that they're, that they're going to convey. And I'm pretty, I have a pretty high EQ. I can pick up what they're, what they're saying without them even saying it. Yeah. But when I have all this stuff going on and I have an employee come to my office I literally put my phone on silent, turn it upside down. I take the, I take the, uh, the, the uh, uh, whatever's on my computer. I move it over to the other screen so it's not right in front of me. And I turn my chair towards them. And I say, what's going on? You don't look good. How can I help you? What do you need? And watching them just all of a sudden just, oh, okay. And sit down. I call it the PETA chair. Right. I have a PETA chair in my office. That's where everybody comes in. PETA thats for pain in the ass chair, <laughs> right? Because they all come in there. They all got some problem, you know. And then I'm like, Are "You gonna come in here like yell at me about something or what?" Because I point. I have this thing written on my whiteboard, and it just says, "I hope you have brought a great attitude with your solution to your problem." Right? Yeah. But sometimes they just—they don't have a. There's no, There's no solution. Their world is caving in, and they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Being present at that moment, the safety in it for me is that I know I'm doing what I have to do to support my people. I've taken a pyramid, right? And this is just a it's it's a it's a leadership principle, right? When you're standing on top of a pyramid, you have no cover. To use a to use a military yeah. gunfighting term, right? There's two different types of things that you can will get behind if the bullets start flying. One is cover, one is concealment. The thing with concealment is bullets can go through concealment. Yeah. They, they don't know you're there. They're not going to shoot at you, though. But cover is getting behind an engine block, getting behind a wall, something that bullets can't penetrate, Yeah. right? And so what do you want to be behind, right? Because there's a degree of concealment that happens when you get behind cover. They can't see you. Yeah. And if they did see you, they can't shoot you, right? That's what I want for my – that's what I want my office to be. It's a safe place for them to be able to come and just and just let it, let it go. And it's odd for a lot of workspaces, and your culture has to match that. For me, uh, my safety is in I'm going to do what I need to do. There is nothing on this phone business-wise that's going to happen for me. There's nothing on that computer that's going to be happening that is that is going to absolutely bury the business. And nothing is more important to me than these kids because I parent them. Yeah. I'm also a dad to them. And when they come to me, and they and they are saying, and a lot of them are just at the end of themselves, and it's happening. It happens once a week. Somebody comes in, and it sounds like I have a bunch of problems down there with, with with people. I don't. I have these people that are so they understand, and there's a degree of health in knowing that you have somebody to go to and talk to and someone who's going to care about you enough, not judge you. They're going to give you their full attention and they're going to dive in it with you and they're probably going to have a solution or even they're just going to listen and they're going to carry on with their day and they're going to know it's never going to come up again in a negative way.
0: Well, and I mean, I get what you mean. Like, oh, the people are actually really strong and healthy people, but if any business... Created a space like that there it would seem like everyone all of a sudden has all these problems like they're everywhere problems are everywhere so I so I get what you mean that it's not Special that you know skydive San Diego is like a sane asylum But it's just with that safe space like people open up about Mm -hmm. their tragic lives because I mean life. It's not a comedy Right. That's for sure. You know, you you lose your grandparents and your parents and friends and relationships and you get cheated on and you go broke and you make stupid decisions Mm. and you betray your best friend or he betrays you. And these things happen, Mm. you know, they're all around us. You know, someone gets very sick close to you. Your dog dies. It's like, yeah, spreadsheets are important, but like.
1: Yeah, but they're also they're also boring (laughs) and people aren't.
0: People are not boring. People are not boring. If <laughs> people are boring, you are not confronting the problems. Uh, you know,
1: did you hear about what we just went through down at the drop zone? I did. So, um, this guy was, his name was Jacob, and he was, he was my, he was, he was one of my work sons, and I loved him. Like, I personally gave birth to him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and I don't mean that to be some kind of like gender weird thing going on right i love him like he was my own kid yeah and and he had struggled in his past with with hard the 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 worst of the worst when it came down to um uh chemical dependency yeah he had a meth background he had had you know he there was a a period of time probably about six months ago where he just wasn't smiling at all and and i asked him i said hey man you have a great smile, how come I never see it? And he said, my teeth hurt so bad. And I said, why? want me to run down of course me because i like to add levity to a lot of things i'm like i'll go on cvs right now and buy you a pack of toothbrushes right i'll even get you some toothpaste you know i'll even teach you how to use it you know i'm just you know picking on him and he's like yeah no it's it's from uh, it's from years of years of bad decisions and stuff like that and i was like you know there might have been a decision in there somewhere but then after a while because i picked up right away what he was saying right because of his meth use and it really affects your teeth and a lot of other things, but that was the thing that was bothering him the most because he was clean. But now this is after effect that he was dealing with. And so um, I uh, I set him up with with our dentist and Vonnie, who's my right hand down there. She's our business manager. She has a, it was a great dentist that she has. She set him up. We paid for it. Uh, and he actually came back and he said, hey, I'm going to pay you back for that. I'm like, you don't have to. I, I get it. I was just I'm doing dad stuff right now, man. I'm just making sure you're good. And he said, well, no, I'm paying you back. So he paid me back. And he was so excited to do that because now, now it's like he's working more because he's because he, he doesn't have to take days off. He started day. trending up. Yes. And it was so awesome to see. And I would ask him periodically. I'm like, are you good? Do you need to go to meetings? Do you need. What do you need? Do you need time with me? Do you want to go? Want me to take you to lunch? What do you want to do? Like, how are you doing? What can we do for you? And he, and he was like, I'm good, Bram. I am good to go. And towards the end, it's just he, towards the end of his, his life, because he, he passed away, he, the last two weeks, he had relapsed, and he didn't talk about it. He didn't go to his boss, Zach, and say, hey, I'm struggling in this area. And Zach knows that world because he didn't do, he didn't do that his thing was different right his struggle was different but it was in the same vein and for him it was alcohol and he's on this super healthy path because he's helping and when you're helping right it's it does something for you as well because yeah you know, now it's like you i i can't fail because i have these other people that are counting on me yeah
0: and if you know that the next person's gonna do half as good as you and the person after yep. that's gonna do half as good as them I mean, if you want to affect one, two, three people, like you got to be five times as good.
1: Yep, Yep. 100%. 100%. And, and, uh, one day I was driving into work and, and I had, I had Bonnie in the car, our business manager, and Zach called her and said, Hey, Jake's not at work. Yeah. Have you heard from him? And I just had this feeling.
0: Oh, I've had that call, man.
1: I had, and then you just know. And it just, I mean, it, it, uh, oof, I'm gonna get emotional here in a second. So, uh, and, uh, and Jake, um, and I, and I had it, that feeling to the point to where I said it out loud. And that's the part that I, I don't know if I regret that, but it's, it just, it, something fell out of my mouth and I was, I was just like, yeah, we'll never see him again. And, he, and, um, Zach said, I'm gonna do a wellness check on him. He's fine. He probably just slept in or whatever. And, um, Zach, called Vonnie back of uh, just it was a short five minutes later because he was already in round. Yeah. And he said he's uh, I'm looking right at him and he's you know he's he's been dead for a minute and there's no getting him back and uh, and uh, Vonnie said and I didn't know and she was like "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm and she said on the phone to Zach she goes well that's that's exactly what Bram said and I knew right then that I that I was right and that we'll never see him again and so it was it was devastating out of that i think out of everything that happens as bad there's something good that comes from it and we were able to have his memorial service at the drop zone we had um, and you know and nicole ran that ran that whole thing and he was like a brother to so many people down there and and my kids looked up to him and loved him and revered him And he was Zach's best friend at the drop zone. He was a good worker and he just was this amazing kid. And I got to meet his parents. Just strong Christian people and I got to get to meet them and I got to understand who they are and I got to understand a little bit more about Jake and his background and where that problem came from because there was so many things that were in his life early on that went undealt with where he didn't go and talk to somebody that he was like I got to numb that and he went and he numbed it in the wrong way that's the decision right and then it became something that took hold of his life that where now it just owned him and there was almost no decision in it at all at that point where it just, and then he got out of it you be somebody flipped on the light switch in the room and you yep. saw the, the demons and he got out of that room and the draw is always there to come back i understand that and and uh and, and watching that watching that whole thing unfold really opened my eyes a lot to how how mental health and and chemical dependency can be very strange bedfellows and that's the then that was my first real run-in where it was somebody that close to me and it was fentanyl Mm -hmm. and i got there real quick and and the police uh said it was it was fentanyl straight fentanyl and that led me to another belief that i don't know how unintentional it was because he felt like there was no way out and he didn't want to go down this road and live that life anymore. And he knew he was going to be letting a lot of people down instead of coming and talking to the people that he knew cared about him. And so it was a, it was in his mind, a permanent problem that he was going to be facing. But I looked at it as there, there, there's another way, there's another way to be able to uh, get past this. And it is always finding somebody who's willing to be present with you and walk you through it, you know? And of course, there has to be the medical side of it too. There's rehabs. There's though that type of stuff. It's real. Get there. Do that. But but then also embracing the fact that there are people who do love you and are willing to put everything down for as long as it takes to make sure that you're okay.
0: And you can love you again one day.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a big one. Ooh, that's a big, big, big one. Mm.
0: Like the thing about the demons is, you know, that makes you know depression so terrifying is that you got to look at it every day forever mm. and if that mount if that mountain looks too big to climb and you're tired and mm. i mean you need a team you need a strategy i mean that's why i mentioned i mentioned kill or be killed earlier and what i meant was when you have a chair in your room you put it as getting behind cover that bullets can't get through mm-hmm and it's like that's a metaphor of saying i'm present because our lives depend on it yep and and that is true that is not an over exaggeration like our like your life might depend on this conversation mm. it's not a metaphorical cover that bullets can't get through that's literally what this is mm. and i i see people having so so many struggles i don't know military background i don't know PTSD gunfights I I don't know that but I do know that from my experience actually because I I, you know I had this feeling that I had my back against the wall for you know four or five years family was financially dependent on me I was competing and traveling working not going to school training you know working out training driving myself places doing doing all this um, and you know things weren't like things weren't good at home and I thought for so long that if I can just live away where my back's not against the wall and I can be relaxed I would be so much better and I learned that the shit that built me is so powerful I just need to be able to tap into that in a positive way my back's not against the wall because I'm gonna fail but I have that energy in here and I'm a tough motherfucker. Like if it's contest time, you, people just, you don't, people don't fuck with me they, and they like yeah. me too. I mean, my, yeah. my competitors they sh- are shake my hand and we're friends and we go to dinner, um, but they know that they're going to have to beat me mm-hmm. also. And it's this, this balance of saying like, you know, I work like my life is falling apart around me, mm-hmm. but I also remind myself that everything is good. Yeah, but pretending that just things are good and I'm happy-go-lucky and that intensity is no place anymore, I I actually don't think that's a problem. I I'm keen on solving. I like it. Like yeah. a, a, once you're once you step into that, you know, of the same uh, vein of like kill or be killed, it's like let's use that in the best way we can. Yeah, yeah I I don't think pretending that all your problems went away. I mean, because that. That was a, a lot that I dealt with in early therapy, is you're safe, you're okay, you'll be okay no matter what happens. You don't have to, you know, this anxiety, all this is like trying to solve that. And I realized the antidote was taking everything I knew and just kind of changing the flavor in a way that didn't break me. Right. You know, I, did, I didn't need six month breaks from myself mid year, you know, cause I was so tired. Things like that. So, creating a place in your office that is cover from those bullets. I mean, I think that's that's exactly how you take your trauma and you can and you yeah. and you beat it. Right. You know, you control
1: it and you win. I remember I was in, a, in an airport one day and um, and you know because I I <laughs> how I learned about you was I'm gonna go the long way around this, but my cool. my, my, my my boys. Um, uh, we were at iFly because they were doing the, the kids thing. This yep. was, is was four or five years ago, maybe. Yeah. And they were, they would have been, they were, and you were in there flying in the tunnel. They're like, Dad, you know who that is? <laughs> I'm like, um, a fun jumper at the drop zone? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, like, that's Mitchie Brusco. I'm like, You got to give me more, man. I don't, I still don't know who that is. Like, dude, he's like a world class skateboarder. We follow him on social media and, and, uh, like that, that's a um, that's Coley's brother, and they were they were it really you know, I was like, ah, oh, cool, right, right on. And um, and that kind of went in one ear, picked up speed before coming out the other side, you know, because I, I uh don't really follow skateboarding a whole lot, yeah, right. But then, then I got to know you at the drop zone. I ran into you at the drop zone and I explained to you like, oh, uh, like, yeah, my kids, you know, they made a big deal about you. And you're like, oh, man, that's cool. That's right on. You know, you're and uh, and then they, you got to meet them and they got to meet you and they and uh, and you became a, a a a guy that wasn't just somebody that they saw on the other side of a of a social media. post, Yeah, and that was really, really big for them. And then getting to know your sister as she started to work and, and do more for the drop zone and, and and begin to really work on her development and everything else. And she came to me one day and she said, I don't, I don't know if you're interested, but, you know, Mitchie's skating in this contest and it's going to be on this this thing. And, and uh, I'm like, well, I'm traveling, but uh, um, I'll try to catch it if I can. And I had this long layover. And I sat there and I watched your skate contest. I learned a lot about you watching you in that, in that, and watching you in that contest. I was watching your face. I was watching the tricks you were doing. And I had a lot of winces. Like, yeah oh, yeah, oh, man, okay, he's all right. And, and, uh, man, you took some big hits in there. And, 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 but you watching your level of focus, right? And you were being present in the moment. But you were doing that for you, and that was, and it was something that it was an absolute must. I have got to do this. Every, there was nothing else that mattered. I watched you come up the stairs, and you came around the corner, right? Tony Hawk was standing right, yeah. right there, and he walked by, and he 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 patted you on the helmet. You gave you that didn't matter. I don't even know if you felt that. You walked by, and guys were like pet, and you like, go on, you got this, yeah, like that. And you were just, you were locked in. And I was like, look at that. Like that's the stuff that it that that is necessary to be a world class athlete, no matter what it is that you're that you're doing. Right. Years ago, I got to know Tiger Woods really well. And I got to know I got to watch him um, get coached because I coached him in skydiving. Yeah. Right. I got to watch him the way he responds to coaching. And I understood why he was the best at what he did because he knew how to be coached, right? Mm -hmm. And someone who knows how to be coached is going to be the best coach for somebody because you're not going to be a good leader unless you've been a good follower. You're not going to be somebody who who is going to be, um, and, and I know for me personally, if I don't know you or something that you have gone through where you have had a fight for your life on some level, Right. Maybe maybe I know a bunch of guys that come from my former line of work in the SEAL teams that have had to fight for their lives or the lives of the guy next to them. I, I'll, I'll trust them. Right. Before I will trust somebody that I, that I don't know. Right. I know you have been up against some things. Nicole have been up against some things. There's other people that that, that work for me. I've been up. Against. I will trust them with things that I would not normally trust somebody with. Had one of my staff members make a mistake that cost about two hundred thousand dollars. Pain, <laughs> it hurt the wallet, hurt the you know, and 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 he came to me and he said, "Am I am I fired?" I was like, "Fired." I look at it like this. I just invested two hundred thousand dollars in your education (laughs) the last thing i'm going to do is fire you he he said that is not at all what i (laughs) would would expect what i would what i was expecting to hear i was expecting to get a little bit of fire coming out of you i said no man it's uh we're going to make mistakes and we're fine we'll recover from this right but being able to coach Right. It's come from I have been I have been coached so much in being a being a team guy. Right. Being somebody that's that's an athlete. Now it's 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 fighting and jujitsu and everything else. I get coached. I'm always put myself in a position where I'm getting coached. I seek out mentors. Even though I'm 50, 50 years old, I always am looking for somebody that's, that's going to be able to teach me something and coach me. It's because I'm a coach. And it's because I want to make sure that I'm always in that vein of learning and putting myself under someone else's authority because that's how I'm going to keep my feet on the ground. At work, I go and clean the bathrooms. I, I'll, you'll see me on a lawnmower once in a while. I'll have a weed eater in my hand or, or a leaf blower. I'll get out there with the maintenance guys and work with them it keeps your feet on the ground and it also lets me see what's going on around the company and with the people that are working it that are doing everything that they can to make sure that that business stays solvent and doing their bit that they have taken ownership i've given them ownership of things and so when i watched you and your degree of focus right i learned a lot about you and i couldn't stop watching the contest and i was i was rooting for you i was i was and i was and people around me because i'm like jumping i'm like i'm like whoa oh i'm like come on mitchy come on and i'm like out loud and i don't even realize it because i have my sound yeah, canceling yeah. headphones yeah. on you know and people around me are starting to look at me like what is up with this guy and and then uh my phone rang and it was your sister who was watching it and i'm like i'm, I'm like trying to clear her call because she, <laughs> cause i'm like trying to watch this thing and and I, I was so proud of you watching the how you're able how you're able to focus and it was at that moment where I I decided I was in my in my what I was seeing I'm like this kid is going to be just fine the stuff that whatever it is that he's ever dealt with the things that are going to come up he is going to go after those things with that degree of of focus because it's not it's not in a bubble or just inherent to this space. There are people out there who only focus in one area and the rest of their life could crumble around them and they don't understand that that death and decay that's happening in these other areas of their life is going to start to seep into the area where they only focus on and how are they going to be able to handle it when that happens?
0: Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, my the thing about focus for me that's so... That's so, like raw i guess is the reason i look like that the reason my face looks like that the reason that adrenaline adrenaline like wipes me clean you know this is what's this is what's in front of me because i have to open that door to give myself the opportunity to become something new to become someone that i am not yet i mean that's what learning a trick is to me it's not getting lucky it's become becoming someone who can do that and one second ago you weren't Mm. and so i mean you have to whether you breathe that you breathe it in and you exhale and then you are that or you have to watch yourself become it in front in front of your eyes Mm because maybe you still don't even believe but you do some enough to try Mm -hmm. you know and and allowing myself to Internalize each of those experiences because it's so hard every time. Yeah. I thought, you know, I used to think that once I did something, I could repeat it. But there's no such thing as repeating something. You do it again. You do a brand new one. And like once I realized that, that's what I have to tap into. Yeah. Like uh, if I if I wanna if I wanna learn something, you are become you are becoming someone new. And rebirths are never – they're never pretty. They're never easy. They're super emotional because you shed dead weight as you bring something new and good on. And so you're watching that as when I'm competing. You're watching that whole process take place. You're watching me become become older, like become yeah. more experienced mm-hmm. in shedding things that are are n- no longer serving me. I mean yeah. I, I've learned more from – doing competitions like just that day where I did the 1260 like I probably learned more that day than any other single day of my whole life cuz I knew the answers I knew that skateboarding was not going to solve my life skateboarding is great but you know you do a 1260 and you know I realized that it's like hey my communication skills didn't get any better the people that don't that I don't have good relationships with like I still don't have good relationships my room is still a mess like more metaphorically my my room my house yeah. and my head is still a is still a complete mess and it's like using adrenaline and using accomplishments to shed dead weight and put something good in there mm-hmm. I mean it, it's beautiful adrenaline I mean there's a reason that you remember scary things more than you remember, like, you know, Tuesday morning if, a if you know, a bird flew by your window. But when there's adrenaline, your brain takes a screenshot. And you'll remember that forever. I mean, I remember a car accident I was in in 2013, 2011. I, I mean, I know what the driver looked like. I know who was sitting next to me. I know... That my mom buckled two minutes before that I know my hoodie was rolled up and who was in the passenger seat and what the weather was like that's adrenaline Hmm. so if you don't use those moments that are gonna shape your life Mm -hmm. as something positive I mean yeah those those are high-stakes situations yeah so I mean that's what I'm doing I'm making sure that I'm breathing the right stuff in and Pushing the right stuff out as yeah. as you're fighting these fights because you will remember it forever. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, off topic, when you're doing a twelve sixty, <laughs> how do you know where you are in that? Because it's not like you're like okay, well, there's one, there's a three sixty. Oh, mm-hmm. now I'm at seven twenty. You know mm-hmm. now, and and you're 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 as you're going around. How do you know when you're when you when the when the ground's coming back up at you, or the or the lip, let's say for for
0: the layman, let's say you which you, I am one hundred percent. Let's say you can throw a football thirty yards, okay, and you want to throw it thirty-five. It's right? Like, are you throwing it thirty-five yards, or are you throwing it five yards?
1: Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. You, you know how much how much ass to put you, behind it to get it there? You right. can
0: do thirty. So your brain, you're not computing, you're only computing that last five yards if you if you got your good enough motion. So that's what I did. I took, my, I took my 540s and my 720s and my 900s and my 1080s, which is all the way up. My mental strategy to get to 900 was spin through a 540. So that's all I would picture in my head was just that 540 and then hold it, but spin right through it. Don't, don't look like take off aggressive, feel five and then I can navigate the rest. So the hard mental jump was I'm now spinning through 900 and mm-hmm. I've never been at the top of the ramp before and comprehended the whole 900. It just wasn't necessary. It's was too scary. Too many things can, you're, you're getting too deep. It's like you're, you don't need to solve that whole problem right now. Right right. Take off right, spin through what you know and put it down. So the 1260 comes along, and now I'm grinding 900s. I mean, I've never seen anyone do as many nines as I did that week. And no one – it's funny because usually people give a shit about nines. No one gave a shit because we knew what I was trying. So I'd make three in a row, four in a row, fall on one, make another two, fall on one, make another one, and sit on the landing and just – Try to figure out how do I comprehend what I'm doing without any mental gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to look this 900 in the face because if I want to go further, this has to be like, I got to be able to wake up with this. Like, I got to be able to do this shit on a, a Monday morning at, at 9 a.m. and it's a little cold and my board feels weird and 9, 9, 9, 9. So, once I had that, once I had that saved. Spin through 900 100 percent. My only rule was if you're gonna try this you give 100 you give 100 percent so What I did was I knew I would have too much speed if I if I dropped in with a hundred percent because you can Pump that first jump pump the takeoff go deep pump again, and then you're like You're just out of the sweet spot. So I knew I didn't I knew I didn't want that problem so what I did was Used my first trick. I did something where I couldn't see the quarter pipe We call it like going blindside. Mm-hmm. So I did a, a back 180. So my back is facing where I'm going. Yep, right? And I'm in the air And this is where this is where 100% that's that's what I'm thinking in my head to drop in mellow 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 over blind And then once I'm holding the board and I'm ready to put it down just take that breath in and then as soon as those wheels touch, like you're in, there's, there's, you're, you're in. And in yeah. my head, I'm 900, I'm spinning right through 900. Boom. Pumped hard at it, take off hard at it, hold it, hold it. And then once I'm, th- once I was through 900, mm-hmm. that last 360 felt like it took, I mean, i lived a lifetime in that, in that oh, 360, man. in that last Because I know, I mean, and even existentially, you know that this is further than anyone's ever gone. Mm. So there's this curiosity of like, oh, this is really what this feels like. And there's also this curiosity of like, it it couldn't be me, you know, like, why is it me
1: doing this? Like. I'm just a guy. You're in you're in pioneer land. You're the you're the first guy that 360. You're, you're living that plate in that lane where you're like no I am in a lane for this split second of of doing this last 360 that no one has ever been in before. Mm-hmm. That'd be a really cool feeling.
0: It it, it and it takes so much trust. Mm. You know, cuz there's no one who can offer I mean, you can't ask anyone anything. You can't ask for confidence because they don't know what it's like. You can't even go off your own experience. Like you have to go from this zone of becoming something that you weren't a moment yeah, ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're in new, you're in new territory and be careful there. Cause it'll rock your shit. Mm. Like when you're really in new territory, like you never go, you never go back, mm. you know, like I'll never be the little skater. I was before that. Yeah. Not because a 1260 is prestigious and I'm this and that, but what I learned from learning that, uh, I mean, there's no going, there's no going back. I mean, that's so, was why I can, that's why I can talk about the things that I can, yeah. suicide and depression and mental health and, you know, relationships. It's like, it became, a, you know, it became something new from that for right. sure.
1: So when you, so you had you said something really interesting there that i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take it I, I gotta develop it in my head at some because like, I do a lot of speaking I go and do a lot of stuff um, in arenas a lot of cool. speaking in arenas right and our organization is called life of valor and it's all men stuff I've right? heard of that yes yeah. taking taking men and making men strong mm-hmm. for who they need to be it for and <laughs> yeah. and we've had these events like we had did one in colorado at the at the uh, first bank center and these women and and I'm getting there so the these women were all outside and they're just they're mad and they're picketing like it's not inclusive and all this kind of stuff I'm like well you know um, first of all you're welcome because <laughs> the whole goal of this thing is to have men be better at being an intentional and being uh, on purpose, being a husband, yeah, and with intention, being a father mm-hmm. and a leader and everything that they that they need to be for you, ladies. That's we're doing this, you know. For you. And um, and and there weren't like droves of them. There was a handful of them out there that were just that were that were upset. And but when we when when I was when when I go in these arenas and I talk to them. You said something that I need to develop because I think it's something that everybody needs to understand is that you you are in this total space of, of having to trust. Yeah. And you're trusting something that is almost intangible because you can't like it's, it's never been done before. So you don't know what it feels like. And you're. In that last 360, you know, and, and I had no intentions of going down that road by just asking that question. I just always have been curious. I watch freestyle skiing. We're a big ski family. Yeah. And watching these guys doing doing these these tricks where they are there. 40 feet in the air and they're flipping and spinning and everything else i'm like how do you know when Like, because you know and you see them in slow motion and they're they're checking they're looking they see yeah. you know they're upside down and and i see it as well with the snowboarding with the with the half pipe on, on snowboarding i was watching they were showing you some of the slow motion stuff and i could see you kind of checking at certain areas yeah. where things are and where you are in your arc and 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 I was like, I, my brain doesn't work like that. And these kids that are out there doing this stuff, I have no idea how that is. And when I was listening to you just describe it, I was, I was, in my, in my mind, kind of put myself in your shoes. Which is, I, but that last 360 that you, that, that no one has ever done before, and you're trying to, you're trying to communicate it to me what it feels like. And it's hard, I think, for you to even communicate it. Like, you can communicate 99% of something. And yeah. that last 1% is really where the experience is, mm-hmm. which is more valuable than the other 99% that's there, right? And, and so – but there's this thing that you said. It's like you know, being able to trust – Right, that that it's that it's going to work out. That it's that that you being able to trust yourself with this situation, because you can't go and ask somebody, "How do I do this trick?" Because they're going to say, "Uh, well, you're asking me to to, how to do something that has never been done before," and being able to push through, being able to spin through a five forty that's how you get to the 720, right? Yep. And then being able to spin through a 720, that's how you get to 900. That's, okay. So if we were to take that concept and apply it to mental health or even some of the stuff that people are dealing with and, and mental health, let's just take one in specific. Let's say it's uh, it's it's um, uh, depression, which is probably one of the most common ones of, of men. And it's not like you're... you're having to go and get you know committed somewhere because you're completely non-functional there are people all over the place that are that are that are functional with it and they're, they're they struggle with it and it's and they live with it every day and it's like their roommate that they yeah. that's a terrible roommate for them
0: untethered soul yeah Have yeah you read that What's that? Untethered soul. Have you read that book? I've. I uh, no, I've heard about it's it. It's about it. It's about the shitty roommate in your head. Is that, it? Is that you what? You know, is? if you really lived with someone who talked to you like that, you'd think they were crazy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. The, okay. yeah. yeah,
1: I get. Yeah, that totally makes it. So, if I were to ask you, okay, so in mental health, for somebody who's dealing with depression, and they have to, for them, it's their, it's that's their, that's their twelve sixty. 1260 Yep. yep. yeah that's their 1260 how do they how do they how do they get there because they're probably still just trying to figure out for them it's it's uh there's they they're their first time holding a skateboard yeah and their first time at the skate park and they're just trying to figure out how to drop in yeah and they have to get to that right it seems almost Untouchable, and it's probably a bad example because it. Well,
0: I have a great answer for it. Actually, yeah, send it. Uh, A funny, a funny joke that I say to myself, pretty, pretty often. I don't know where I came up with it. I've never mentioned it before. Is when I'm having a a, especially a tough time, I go, "Wow, I can't believe this is what it feels like to be the best in the world," Mm. and that right there gives me. it, It always gives me the. That trust I was talking about that this is just what it feels like. Just because it sucks and I suck doesn't mean I can't do great things mm. one day or sometimes or this or that. Yeah. And that that always gives me so much peace because it's laughable when you when you make a mistake that, you know, you really shouldn't make, all things considered. But you do. And it's like, huh, I can't believe this is what it feels like yeah. to be Number one, or this is what it feels like to have the most talent in the world. It's a joke with myself, but it also gives me permission to be terrible and great at the same time. Yeah. And from that token, that's where, like, that's where you don't know what it feels like to do the right things. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not gonna feel like the right thing. You're just gonna be watching yourself make act, take action. And you're going to have to just see how it plays out. I mean, I know in early stages of like, let's say you lose your discipline and you're trying to get it back. So you go through the motions. It's like if you go through the motions, I know a thousand people that go through the motions and back out because it just feels like going through the motions. It doesn't feel like them. It's like, well, it's not you that's fine but this is what it feels like to become that Mm -hmm. you know every every uh man is the imitation of his own ideal right people talk about imposter syndrome like it's some terrible thing it's like maybe you should put on shoes that are a little too big for Mm you like maybe you should take the job that you're not ready for you know maybe when you're going to sleep at night if you things if the pressure you're under like kind of scares you because you're not as good as you
1: could be. Yeah. It's like why is that
0: so bad? Like you're one step from becoming a little better.
1: Yeah. And and I think that uh, for a lot of people they, they they can't appreciate the struggle of 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 being just better today than you were yesterday. Mhm. Right? And it's in and, and, and they kind of they, they let some they Like, well, okay, well, I, I, maybe I did this right, but I also did this wrong. I did this wrong. I did this wrong. And it's okay. You can give yourself permission, you know, to, to, to maybe not be what you thought awesome was, but were you better than yesterday? Man, that's a win. You know, it's like, I always look at, you know, you know, God doesn't expect me to be perfect. That would be a bridge a little too far because I am a fallen, ridiculously messed up human being. But progress is awesome. That's the part that, you know. But I think also on the other side of it, you, you uh, know, imitate the imitation and putting on shoes. You, you, I think you also have to be careful who it is that you're imitating if you're going to do that. Yeah. Sammy, right? My, my 18 year old, an incredible skateboard guy, right? and it wasn't until he really got to know you where he really started doing that awesome and he is now an inc- incredible skater he'll go to the skate park and and there'll be a couple of guys that are in their 30s that are just out there just you know crushing big tricks and yeah. if you know for for what happens at, at that skate park and Sam sees it and he's like oh and Sam's one of those kind of guys that you know if you give him 5 minutes a, a little bit of a data dump. He's gonna go out and do it better than you could. He, yeah, he's that guy, right? And it's skaters tend to be like that. Yeah, it's so frustrating because you know you take him skiing. And I remember when you I was teaching him how to ski, and and then he's he's like, yeah, okay. Well, now all of a sudden he's way, oh way better than me. He's like, I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm snowboarding now. I'm <laughs> like, cool, man, go get it. I got nothing for you. Yeah, when it comes down to that, and he's like, I'll be I'll be all right, you know. <laughs> and, um, but. He, I, when he started when he started skateboarding, you know, I was like, what's uh, what's up with the, the skateboarding thing? You know, where did where, that come from? He's like, man, he goes, uh, I just saw Mitchie doing what he's doing, everything else, and he goes, I'm not gonna doing the X Games thing. He goes, but I really think I want to learn how to want to learn how to do this. And he went out and started watching videos, started watching some of your stuff, awesome. watched some of these other skaters, and got really. I was so stoked that he picked somebody healthy. To mm-hmm. imitate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people, they, they, and again, going back to the social media thing, people see what their star, their person, their influencer that they follow is doing, and they say, I want to lead that life. Well, what they don't understand is that's not really their life. They have normal stuff that they have to do too. They have to. They get in a car like you do. They put their pants on like you do. They get hungry and they get thirsty like you do. They have struggles. They have relationships. Skin gets issues. dry
0: and they get rashes and they gotta go grocery shopping yeah, and they clean, do, the, and do the dishes. Their
1: and- life isn't all just you know them sitting on a beach or sitting on a yacht or doing whatever, whatever, right? And so to imitate that, you're not imitating what that person really is. And that's a good point. You're imitating what the perception is. And so if you get real people in your life that are real and you know like and i'm like, figuratively speaking you you know what their bad breath is you know what their fart smell like and you know, yeah. how, you know when they when they're having a bad day and the things that they're going to say don't really line up with the things that you've heard them coach you doing they don't always follow the 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 same tenets and principles that they're trying to teach you to do sometimes they they sometimes they blow it they just are but those are human beings but they're still worthy of being imitated because they have been put in your life for a reason and i always i always have five mentors i always try to keep five dads in my life they've been public speaking longer than me they've been in business longer than i have they've been a dad and a husband and all these things that that i do longer than i have i love it when i get to spend time with them one-on-one and they all know each other and they all talk to each other about me uh do you hear what the dude's doing now oh yeah he messed that up well what are you gonna coach him on how are you gonna do you know and i love that because now i know that if i make a mistake or i do something or i call them and i say this is what i'm struggling with they're going to say this is your cardinal direction and it's almost to the instance 180 degrees out from what i want to do what my yeah. mind is saying to do i want to go that way i want to start I want to start throat punching folks. I want to just go full aggro and fix the problem my way. And they're going, we know what you want to do because we know your tendency. Why don't we forego being, you know, Mr. Aggressive for a minute? Why don't you sit still? Why don't you let the situation settle out? Take in some more information. Sleep with it. <laughs> and why don't we um why don't we deal with it tomorrow? Because we're going to deal with it tomorrow way better than we're going to deal with it today. Let time bring a little bit of balance. And having those guys speak into my life and there are so many guys, men just don't have the statistic is and this is and I read this it's probably about a year ago, but in the 80s every guy had like 2.5 men in their life that they could go to and talk to about anything. Right now, it's less than one. Wow, less than one. Do you have a best friend that you can go to and say anything in the world to? You could go and say, I am a, I am, a, I, think, I can't even think of what the worst thing you could possibly struggle with, right? Let's put any drug situation on it.
0: Well, I mean, I'm just blown away. that That statistic might even be worse than it sounds because if you have one, you're likely to have more than one, right? So, I mean, you have five, I have, you know, four or five really intentional guy friends, you know, that I can use that with. And if there are, you know, a bunch of us with five, you know. How many are out there with zero, right? It's not like, it's not 50%. It's less than 50% for sure, because it's not a one-to-one thing.
1: Right. So now, if you were to dive into that number, right, and, and I would encourage people to go and do their own research on this, because I'm not positive on these numbers but yeah. I just know it's that drastic the right? idea is right right so w- if you were to dive into and now go back to the mental health issue right there's something about communication mm-hmm. Communicate. everything lives and dies by communication if you think about it your finances can live and die by communication your relationships your business practice your whatever it is that you have going if you lock yourself up and you don't talk to anybody things can't progress I had a buddy of mine from high school contact me. It's probably about a year ago now, and he got on the phone. He got on the phone with me because I'm not that hard to find, and he said, "Hey, I just I well, this is actually a couple of years ago. I heard what you did with your with your uh, liver donation because I did this whole altruistic uh, liver donation several years ago. I heard what you did, and that's awesome. Hey, anyway, remember when we were in high school and da 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 da?" And he started talking to me like we were back in the in, in high school, and I couldn't remember what he was talking about. And I said, um, "Hey, man." Um, real quick, I don't remember what it is you're talking about. I said, in, and if I remember right, I don't know if we were really that close in high school. And I'm not saying I don't want to be now. Yeah. But, but, you know, and, and he was like, no, 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 dude, we were boys, dude. We were, we are we we're boys. That, that's awesome. And I, I figured out that, you know, in my hometown, it's, it's, I come from a town in central Wisconsin that has 20,000 people in it. Right. And there's people that come out of there and do good stuff and everything else, but I'm a little bit more out there and a little bit more researchable. If you run me through Google, it's, bunch of stuff comes up right and it's all stuff that has happened with my speaking stuff and my navy seal career and and the liver stuff comes up and all and and as a result of that you've probably experienced this a lot too people who don't who who when you were a kid you're mitchy brusco now you're mitchy brusco right it's a big deal you've done amazing stuff and people know so now people are going to feel like oh i can reach out to my buddy mitchy brusco and you're like wait a minute whoa we weren't we weren't that that tight relationships don't stand still they don't they never stand still they either go this way yeah or they go this way and has everything to do with communication right they don't ever stand still right they have they're like sharks they have to always be moving right yeah. and so when it stays and so if people think that it stays still they don't have a proper relationship with communication because they think that oh it's just stopped and now we're going to pick up right where we left off well, it moved back here to being an acquaintance. I know your name. That's all I know about you because you have had so many things that have happened to you. So many things have happened to me. We are completely different people than we were when we were sixteen years old. Yeah,
0: I like that. Sharks. It's like relationships are like sharks. Yeah, yeah you can't move. stop moving. Always moving. That's a good one.
1: And so when, so when I explain this to my boys, I say that's why it's so important. That's why I. That's why I spend that time with the letters. Mm-hmm. Right? Great yeah. letters. I'm trying the the right relationships, mm-hmm. the right people that I I don't have people in my life unless they are and it sounds really selfish, right? So let me qualify this. I don't have people in my life unless they are going to require me to be better. Yeah. If or unless they they need me to require them to be better. There's the the people on the peripheral that are just relational leeches that takes a proper amount of attention. You have to pay attention. You have to have a good emotional intelligence to be able to know who is there and are they there for the right reasons in your life. And when I got a grasp of that, when I started realizing that, that changed the way that I do business in my head and in my heart towards towards other people. People who have struggles, fights, and everything else. I am there for them 100% of the time. If they're going to create struggle and strife and drama in my life, right, now they're just emotional leeches. They're going to be taking stuff out of me that are required for me to pour into other people that I care about. Those people are, I keep at arm's distance. I don't keep them. I don't kick them out. I don't, I don't let them make, make them feel like they're valueless or worthless. It's just not yet, right? There's going to be a moment in time where, where that may switch, and I'm, going, I'm open to that. But right now, they're not at that, that place. I have to focus. I have to choose my battles. And when I choose my battles right, that means that I'm not going to take an emotional casualty that is that I may need for another battle that I have to that that that's coming up that I have to choose. But then what happens when the battle chooses you? you well, when that battle chooses you and you have to fight it? When we're starting now, we're talking about the mental health stuff, and you have been choosing all the wrong battles, right? Now you don't have any resources. You don't have any bullets left. Yeah, to fight the battle that chooses you. And now what happens? Who becomes a casualty?
0: Hey, well realizing that uh, you know, tragedy will come your way. like understanding that and planning for it. like it's not if something happens to you. Mm. Like that's not the game that we're playing. it's it's when and how bad. And it's like I kept thinking of the game or board game risk. Yeah, I remember You know, where it's just a numbers game where you have six guys, they have three, you guys roll dice back and forth, and whoever has the last guy standing wins. And it's like you want numbers on your side. You want energy. You want health. You want relationships. You want people you can call. You want want a team. You know, people just pretend like they don't do any of that shit, and then something bad happens, and they go... Of course something bad happens to me while I'm on my last leg. It's like, dude, you've been living on your last leg. Mm. It's just a matter of time.'m mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really curious about the public speaking stuff, men of okay. valor right? Life of valor, life mm-hmm. of valor. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're what in, what in, what got you in that door to be on stage to you know, to use your voice? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it i have been i have experienced the worst kinds of failures and successes that, that a, man, a man can have i have amazing kids i have an amazing wife i have um i have a i have i have great experiences that i've had but i've also made I've also made bad decisions and I have, I have been in a place in my life where, I mean, I have been so low. I've been homeless on a street corner without a car and a place to live with three kids trying to figure out how to feed them. Wow. I've been there. I've been divorced. I have been, I have been in a closet with a, um, with a Glock 22 with one in the pipe and had the barrel in my mouth. I've been there I know what it feels like to be at the very rock bottom for me it wasn't drugs wasn't alcohol it wasn't any of that kind of stuff it was absolute 100% it was it was rejection where that rejection started was when I was born I was I was born I'm half black and half Italian. My biological mother was Italian and my dad was was African American guy and all I got is a little paragraph that describes my mom's my mom's race, my dad's race, and th- any of the health stuff that they could that they could figure out that they had at that time when I was born. And I learned later that I was it was discussed amongst my biological mother and siblings that I should be aborted. And my, my biological mom had told everybody else, they said, there's there, uh, we're going to give this one. We're going to give, we're going to give him a chance. And she had me, never held me. And I didn't know any of this. I didn't know any of this. All I knew is that I grew up, thinking and I had great I was adopted when I was in orphanages and and foster care and stuff like that and then was adopted still as a baby by um a nurse and a pastor they were they were there to this day my favorite people on this planet they saved my life a kid out of East St. Louis my life expectancy was was about 30 because of the drug scene and everything else and drug dealing and all that kind of that that's what i would have been in so they saved my life i my parents uh, they just came down they just visited for a while in in san diego and they went back to wisconsin amazing people and did everything they could to to, to try to raise this little this little black kid in central wisconsin (laughs) where i was the darkest thing for 200 miles in any direction (laughs) and they were just they did every my mom would get me like Ebony Junior magazine and they like like I had to get the hair picks cuz I had this big afro and they had no idea how to take care of a black kid's hair and it was it was wild growing up being me in a community that was just that was just all white i never experienced racism i never experienced that side of it but because i looked different because i was smaller than everybody else um, in my class when I was in 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth grade, I was bullied really bad, really bad. Didn't have any friends. Didn't have one kid except for my neighbor that lived out in the sticks by me that was my buddy. His name was Tom. And and Tom and I did everything together, especially in the summers. And I dreaded going back to school because I knew I was just going to get beat up. And I knew that, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And my, my mom and dad did a really good job of making sure my brother and I didn't know that. You yeah. Know. And uh, so I had my two pairs of jeans, and I had my three shirts, and that was gonna make me through a school year. and I had my one pair of tennis shoes, and everybody else at school had a lot of money, and they had those fancy clothes and then when they turned sixteen, they got a really fancy car, and you know, my dad scraped together some money and got me this little Ford Fairmont, you know, with a stick shift, and I was so excited about it and and but that rejection that I suffered. You know, just because my entire life, I always asked myself, I was always asking, who gives up their kid, even though I had this this amazing childhood of adventure out in the country, they had to make your own fun. Who does that? And it wasn't until probably, you know, maybe ten years ago, where I just, I got so bogged down. I called. My, my buddy, who's, he's my pastor, and I called him up and I just said, ah, "This is my, I'm so depressed, man. I don't know what's wrong with me. He goes, I've been waiting forever for you to call me with that. I'm like, really? You couldn't just tell me? <laughs> he said, no, no, this is something you had to realize and that you had to come to. So he walked me through some stuff, right? And I had to do a lot of forgiving. And I had to forgive my mom. And, and then I learned later that that's how that came about. And I was like, all these years, I'm carrying around this discontent towards my mother, my biological mother, when she literally just saved my life. And it began to change the way I look at things. Every situation is not what it seems. Sometimes there's a reason that you don't know why something happened. So... Instead of making a decision about that or someone in the moment, why don't we sit back, why don't we gather some information, wait for some information to show up before we really start going and having an emotional reaction to this thing. And at the time, uh, there was this movie that came out, and it was called Active Valor.
0: Yeah, I've heard of it. Yep,
1: it was, And it's all active duty Navy SEALs that were in it. All my buddies were in it. They're in no danger of winning an Academy Award. <laughs> yeah. But the action sequences were pretty on point. You got to see a lot of really cool military assets and what SEALs do. Right? And, and it went into the box office, did great in the box office. I got a call from a guy up in Orange County and he's, or in L.A., and he's a movie marketing guy. And, um, and it's faith-based, faith-based movie marketing guy. And he said, we're doing a men's curriculum. For for to to market this movie and it's just getting guys and it's faith based. We're going to get them to um, uh, we're going to take pieces of the movie and then we're going to have you and another guy, another active duty seal or another former seal begin to talk through some of the stuff that happens in guys lives that are going to make it uh, that we can use. We can use analogies from the movie. And we're going to tie them together. I was like, cool. So I helped write it. We produced it and it went viral. I was on stage about 200 times that year in some of the biggest, biggest stages in the United States. um, As far as, you know, churches and organizations like that go. And, um, towards the end of that the guy that did the mar- movie marketing he said you're really going somewhere with this you need to you need to hold that and keep it and uh we'll give you the url everything you need uh just run with it and so it went from that to being a we have an entire team of people that do events we have uh stage lighting and it looks like journey's about to play we have our own music team um we have a, a adele's uh, adele's former um, uh, music director is on our is on our team and it's amazing. And then uh, we do a bunch of music and we have some fun and funny stuff that happens and then I get up and I communicate this stuff the stuff that we're talking about now and and do that and then i go uh then i'll have other other speakers come in as well and then i get up again and we close it out and we're doing it's only about four hours unlike some of these other places that you can get other um companies that do the same thing they do but it's three days and psychology of men right now isn't there to support three days of of going and doing this although it's I, i see the benefit to it to a certain age group but my thing is if you reach the older men, the young guys aren't going to show up. But if you reach the young guys, their dads will come with them. Yeah. And that's what I'm, I'm most interested in are young men. You are exactly half my age, mm-hmm. Right. I want to reach the guys who are in your age group because then they're then they' they're they're, dads, they're the ones that are the most influential right now you have um, all these things that you have that are at your availability whether it's you know things that are good and bad right but are you able to process those right and use those for the right things like you are right i'm super proud of you the stuff that you're doing you're, you're killing it right and you're out there and you're reaching your generation yeah right and that's what i want to do i want to reach your generation but you're going at it from hey brother this is where we're at i'm going hey son let's yeah. do let, let's do let's 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 clean this up or let's yeah. do that let's do this different and we're seeing so many amazing results um from it we have emails that come in all the time from um Dads, the sons, the you know lives being changed and marriages, marriages mending and things like that, and that's the stuff that that keeps me doing it. But that's that's what it is. That's what it's about. We're about to do. Um, we're right now working on one that we're going to do in Oklahoma City and another one in Florida. Beautiful. So it's a it's a lot of fun. But we get to get out, and I always make myself accessible. I don't do the I'm I'm over here in this tower and I'm unreachable. Now I, I get done when we're done with the whole thing. I I leave my microphone on stage and I go right down the floor and whoever wants to come up and talk to me can. And, uh, and I'm usually the last person out of an arena. So the arena takes four hours. It takes me another four hours to yeah. get out of there and I'm exhausted when it's done, but it's amazing being able to do, do that for, uh, these, these young men that are, that are out there because there's so many talented guys out there that are mm-hmm. like you that just need, need somebody to breathe a little bit of life and a little bit of encouragement into
0: them. Well, understanding your role in the situation when you said, you know, for me it's like, hey brother, this is what's going on and for you it's more hey son. And I've had to be really careful of you know, understanding that what I'm what I'm doing here is is taking a basically a unique route to learn universal lessons. Mm-hmm. And I share my story, the route I got here and the lessons I learned. Like yeah. I I'm no older or better off than most of my community which is a very confusing place because it's very it's very easy to you know not I don't want to say look, talk down like I'm not teaching lessons I've I've already learned my first episode is by going on this journey with me you are investing in a penny stock like we will grow together I mm. will try my idea everything I say I will live but I am running the experiment live mm-hmm. you know this isn't like I'm looking back on a life of lessons and now I know the answers. Like Mm -hmm. we are just going to take this, like you're welcome to come along for the ride. And I think it's nice when it is nice when there's so all the public speakers are older. I think because of that, because it's not, it's not we're in this together. It's so hard to land in that zone because first of all, you need, you know, 22 year old men to trust you that's tough right
1: that's super tough
0: and like i'm as a as a 25 year old like you're just not it's yeah. that's hard you know and it and it's it's been happening yeah
1: and it, that's i i've also been fortunate to spend uh, about 22 years in the stunt industry
0: in for skydiving and for, uh, explosives movies
1: and, okay yeah movies and it's a lot of driving Got to drive a lot mm-hmm. of really cool stuff and smash up cars and you know uh, uh fight scenes and stuff and and some of the biggest movies that have ever been made you know i've been able to be in you know some transformers awesome iron man and there's a great uh,
0: opening skydiving scene in transformers right it with is yeah, way ring with
1: the smoke yep yeah yep. You were on that job? Nope. Oh. Uh, no, no. I, I, uh, I do a lot of, you know, the, if you watch Transformers, a lot of the Sector 7 guys, okay. you know, that are uh, gun dudes and everything else. Yeah. Like, a lot of those guys are former team guys. Oh, I didn't a lot know of that. former SEALs and stuff. And so, um, and uh, had to fight Shia. Uh, that was, that was fun. He didn't like me so much cause, uh, cause I fought him. I, I listened to the director where he didn't, you know, the director was like, I want you to hit him harder. I'm like, you heard him, dude. He's like, please don't hit me harder. I'm like, you heard the director. He gonna hit you harder. I'm going to hit you harder. he's like, oh man. <laughs> but I did this movie. The the first movie I ever did is this movie called, um, um, men of honor. And it was with Cuba Gooding Jr. And Robert De Niro and it's about the first black Navy master diver, and I'm in this. That's the whole big the, the spun brass helmet, you know, and the the suit. You got these boots that weigh 25 pounds apiece. Got this big. Way- I mean, it's you're heavy when you're in. This yeah, thing. and we filmed it in an above ground tank in Long Beach. it was it was, it was uh, 22 feet deep, and it was about 60 70 feet across. And I did this scene where in the movie where you, you it I'm. I'm on the bottom of the ocean, walking along, and a submarine goes over the top of me and catches my umbilical, right? And the umbilical is the air that goes to the surface, and it snatches me off my feet and drags me, and then it slides. My my umbilical slides off the sailplane, of the submarine, and then I I fall to the I fall to the ground in in the ocean, but it's really filmed in a in a hangar bay yeah. of an aircraft, uh, air, at an airport at the Long Beach Airport. And uh, I'm attached to a Dodge pickup truck out in the parking lot. There's no submarine. It's just, you know, I'm ruining movie magic now, but it's all right. But I remember the directors when they were the, – the, the scuba divers were down there with the cameras, and they were filming me, and they said, you know, we're losing texture. We don't have texture. The water is – the water is super clear. So what they did is they lowered down a half a gallon of milk on a, on a line, right, and they lowered it down to me and they said hey can you go over to the ladder they're lowering something down to you can you can you grab that and so and I, cause I had speakers in the helmet Yeah, and they could talk to me i took the i took the the container and i and they said take the cap off i'm like milk's going to go everywhere and they're like yeah yeah that's what we want i'm like okay so i took the cap off they said now we want you to walk around the entire pool on the bottom but we want you to just lightly squeeze it and you're just going to be shooting milk out into the water and disgusting, that is so it's gross. Pretty, it's, it's pretty <laughs> gross. And so, I'm, I'm like squeezing this, this, and pretty soon it's just all water in there, the milk's all out. And they said, Okay, now we're gonna we're, we have to let this settle. Uh, we're gonna send some scuba divers and swimmers down, and they're just gonna be swimming around, just stirring that up a little bit. And that's going to give us the texture, right? And now it's gonna look more like the ocean, yeah. than it does. Like it looks like you're in a pool right now, and yeah. everybody knows that, that no one's gonna buy it only thing that separates you right now from being not in the water is the fact that you have bubbles that people can see. yeah and so I just went over and just sat along, sat on down in the, on the deck in the in the in the in the pool and leaned against the wall and I'm watching these guys all swim around and sure enough after about five10 minutes I couldn't see across the pool. And I was sitting down there and I realized something. I was like this is kind of what my life looks like right now right? And it didn't take much for me to lose vision. I had this half a gallon of milk and I have how many hundreds of thousands of gallons of water in this thing. And a half a gallon of milk is going to keep me from seeing all the way to the other side of the pool. I was like, this is nuts, you know? And then they, they uh, like, all right, we're ready to go again. And I'm walking. They want you to start on the other side of the pool. Right. So we need to take all the slack out. So I'm walking across the pool and I'm and I'm like, where is where's the wall? I'm like, there it is. Cool. And I was able to get to the get to the wall. And, and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm set. I'm back at one. I'm like, all right. You know, they're like rolling. Ready. And action. And on action, the pickup truck takes off and goes about about five, ten miles an hour and it pulls me and starts, and I got to like fight this whole thing and do this whole, you know, and I have to hit certain knobs and levers that cause bubbles to off gas out of the rig and so it looks more dynamic. And and they're like, and uh, and then I heard and, and cut. And so then, and all I have to do is just, Relax for a second, and then so they're just getting certain snippets of me and certain aspects of this arch uh, arc that I'm flying right through the water. And the next one, we're gonna we're gonna pull you, and then we're gonna call action when you're in the middle, and then we're gonna get your fall. Make it dynamic. So if you ever pull up the movie um, Men of Honor, you'll be able to see this whole scene. Yeah, I'd that love to be. watch it. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I'm, and I'm doing this the entire time. I can't, I'm driving home after the movie production was over. I was only up there for four days. Yeah. But I, when I was driving home, I was like, what is it that's in my life that's keeping me from having a vision that's healthy? Cause right now all I can see is what's right in front of me and it didn't take much. It took a very small amount of external substance To get into my life and i'm not using that from a drug paraphernalia perspective i'm just using from a distraction that gets in your life that keeps you from maintaining because we were talking about focus earlier yeah that you have there's there's a couple kinds of focus there's the one that's immediate right in front of you like a skate contest but then there's that one that's that that you have to have that long-term drive and that's what you have to have for business right you have to you have to have a vision for where your company is going but if you're so mired down with company culture or you're so in your family you're so mired down with the drama that's happening that you really can't see like what does our family family look like in five years and where do we want to be and what do we, you know where do we want to stay here we want to go somewhere what are we where are we going to be financially as a dad where do we where uh where are the stage of life the kids are going to be in everything else but you can't get past the fact that you and your wife aren't getting along you can't get past the fact that you know you're so focused on one of the kids that that uh the you know some of the other kids are getting and animosity towards that one kid or towards me because I'm only focusing on one kid or all these things that, and I've fallen into that, you know, focus a little bit more on Annie because she's special needs. And I kind of like leave the boys. I have an 11 year old that we just adopted. He needs a lot of attention. Well, fortunately the other two are kind of out of the house now. And so it's just these two, Annie and, and my youngest, my 11 year old. And so I've learned a lot of lessons growing up that I always liken back to that, to how much milk is in my water and am I able to get that milk out of the water. Getting milk out of the water, no small task. So you got to drain that pool and then you got to refill it again. That's really the only way out. You got to do something with that gross water. too. Yeah, you know?
0: and and you're thinking you're you're making the difference between vision and visibility. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like you your eyes may work great, but if you're if you're in murky waters, that's what I hear with people. I've I've always known I've had potential. I've heard that so many times. Mm-hmm. I've always known I was this or that and it's like yeah but you can't see more than one foot in front of your fucking eyes because mm-hmm. i mean maybe your life sucks and it's not your fault but it's like you are not the problem right there are so many things going that's the hard. it's harder it's harder to get milk out of the water than it is to see when once it's clear mm-hmm. like obviously once you once your life is clean you'll be able to see. Mm-hmm. Like that's not you know, and people people are in this mur in this milky water. That's so funny. And I'm gonna say that instead of murky water. <laughs> you know. People are in this milky water thinking that, you know, their eyes are
1: the problem. It's like,
0: no, you yeah. just have some tough decisions to make. Yeah. You know, but you right. can see fine. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and then I never thought of it that way. Like, yeah, hey, your 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 eyes work great. That's what you're looking at. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know, one of the biggest things that I, for me, one of the biggest things that was that was in my life, and this is something that I that I think a lot of young men, especially, struggle with because on your phone it's readily available, is pornography. Yes, people understand that pornography is a, it's, I mean, when you when you're watching porn, like you have anything you want available to you, whether you, you whatever kind of girl or hair or guy or whatever it is you're into right Mm -hmm. or hair color or body type or situation you can get that and so when it comes down to a real relationship your expectations have been improperly managed yeah um yeah you know what the one you care about probably isn't going to appreciate you treating her like a porn star yeah and she might not appreciate the things that you have been you have been letting in right so now you got a bunch of milk in your water relationally where you you you, you sometimes got to take that thing. And sometimes it's, it's getting the milk out of the water is as easy as saying, making that decision, saying, nope, I'm not going to do that. Well, there is a thing called porn addiction. Yeah. Right. Now you have to deal with the addiction process of getting away from that, which isn't much different than getting away from anything else. That's an addiction that's in your life. That may be. Well, and your brain thinks
0: that you're having like multiple partners with when right. you change videos halfway through or you know watch 15 videos in a night or whatever your fucking thing is it's like your brain doesn't notice the difference. There's a joke about chickens. I'm going to butcher it, but this this male chicken this this female chicken says to the to the uh rooster like look at him. He's having sex 7 times a night. Like why can't you do that? And he turns and goes don't tell her that it's seven different chickens you know and that's kind of yeah, that's yeah. kind of the the culture i mean right. they tried to do a study on young men who watch porn versus who don't and they couldn't cuz they couldn't find any who don't you know yeah. it's, it's like this is like the biggest social i mean porn is like the reason the internet is the way it is 100% is like yep. you know men yeah. is,
1: i forget what the amount of porn hits per all the other hits but there are more porn hits than any other Type of like people searching stuff on Amazon or whatever they're searching. There are more hits on the porn side of things. That's why it's such a raging in- industry right now. Yeah,
0: the psych. So. I mean, the psychological issues that you can develop or treat or you know run into without even like noticing. Yeah. the way our brains are wired, just evolutionary wise, like this is like I've seen more boobs than anyone in human history ever until right now you know what i mean like anyone born 20 years you know died 20 years ago like they're they've never seen right anything like that and it's been since you know i was born yeah i mean it's such a weird we don't know how to tackle that problem
1: my boys um i remember when they first because it's something i always was very very um cognizant of for my boys especially
0: and like communicative
1: yep yeah and and, uh and up until recently i think the statistic has changed but the first the age of first exposure to porn now is nine
0: nine yeah that's younger than even when i was right growing up it was like closer probably 13 12 13 And
1: and and by 11 they're seeing they're seeing more than one image in a day yeah, our video. So that's two years to go from first image to actually having um, having something set in that's going to develop into an addiction. There is there is um, a conversation I had with my oldest. I remember we were working in the backyard and we were clearing a bunch of stuff out and and um, I had i had my oldest take a a bag you know take it downstairs and our house is really interesting looking it's like four stories high yeah and you enter on the third level like fitness level required to live in our house okay right? yeah and it's uh, not a retirement home it's not a re- well it, it could be we do have an elevator <laughs> you know <laughs> i have i have an elevator in my house this gets kind of weird but when but uh i i had him go around the corner on the back patio and, and it's just we live on a on a side of a mountain and so our house is built into it and so he's going to walk down the stairs are like on terra firma but you are walking down the stairs you're going by levels of the house as you're walking down but he didn't go down the stairs he stopped and i remember just kind of looking around the corner i saw his feet and he was just and he was peeking around he's looking at me and i was like you okay buddy what's going on and he's like can i talk to you for a minute I'm like, yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the, I'll take the clippings down with you, and so we get down there. And he stopped halfway down. Now this is my twelve year old. He's twelve at the time, and we sit down on the steps. And I go, what's going on? And he said, so um, I. I, he goes. He, he had a smartphone at the time. That's when I decided that there's, there's, there is definitely an age appropriate time to get smartphones. Yes. And, it's, and twelve isn't it. And, uh, and it was a mistake that uh, that we made with him. And uh, he said I shouldn't be having this smartphone right now because I found I found porn on it. And I know you always talk to us about it yeah and and how damaging it can be and and he said it in his 12 year old language right i'm using i'm using adult language to say what he said he had a very articulate way of saying it for a 12 year old yeah but he said um and I, i said well first of all um i'm super pumped for you because you knew that you could come to me and talk to me about it that's as far as i go what do we do now and he was like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, well, let's figure this out together. And uh, he and, and we sat there. We were just quiet for a minute because in my mind, I'm scrambling.
0: Like, yeah. I'm
1: supposed to have the answers for this young man who came to me, who's my son, and said, I am struggling in this area. And um, and I, I just looked at him. And right when I looked at him, he had this phone sitting on the on the landing. We were kind of sitting on a step, and he had his phone in there with us. And he took his phone. He just slid it over to me. he's like, I think we should start there. You know, maybe take this thing away. And I was like, "Ooh, got it." Let's go on to AT and T. We went down to the we went down to the store and uh, and Micah. It starts at the most expensive, latest and greatest iPhone or or Android, whatever, over here, and then it goes decreasing value all the way down to the. A a flip phone. It looked like somebody made it in their 3D printer. Yeah, you know? and, <laughs> and <laughs> nice. somebody and they took a like cal- before 3D printers yeah, even like right. came out. <laughs> and somebody took like calculator uh numbers and stuff and like they like they like eh, we'll stick that one there. Yeah, you know. And you didn't know if you push a button if it was gonna work and if you have to text on it, it's like five five five. Damn it, five, 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 two, two, yeah three seven 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 yeah you know. was texting like that so I was getting one word answered text messages from him but since then um, when he talks to me now we talk about that stuff regularly and he's not even in the house he's out in his own has his own place and um, has his own dog and has his own career and he's he's a he's a parachute rigger and he's in the stunt industry now as well so he's out doing stunts and he goes and travels and 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 I'll we we hold each other accountable. So he'll ask me, you know, he'll we ask each other about this area where men struggle, which doesn't really happen either where guys are holding each other accountable, yeah. especially inside of a family. Yeah. So out of that so I don't know if it's a tragedy, I think it's I think it was a victory. Yeah. Something happened between my son and I where I was able to really say, "Hey, look, well, let's 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 deal with this together and what do we do about" that and him coming up with the solution that I should have probably been able to come up with but he crushed it and I was so stoked for him on that but it's continued to be something that he's struggled with you know? well
0: how do you how can you not yeah. and and like I, I
1: struggle with it I you know I have I mean it,
0: they hacked our brains but it's a modern problem so it's like for you to have a solution for a kid in a in a modern in a modern problem like yeah Also, the difference between confronting something that you need to confront versus, like, if you just took the phone away, but versus, like, that thing hitting you is a very different psychological response. Mm -hmm. Like, when you willingly, like, if you have a phobia, if you willingly put yourself in a position where you have to start to deal with that phobia you will actually get stronger from Mm -hmm. that you'll get Mm -hmm. braver and tougher if that phobia is brought to you unwillingly Mm -hmm. your fear will actually get worse Mm -hmm. so there there is a a a aspect of willingness that is necessary for yeah for the growth
1: yep yep 100 percent. it was just my first bout with this whole it's so fast technology thing and i'm still looking at my kids even though they're at the time 10 and 12 and i was looking at them as being four and five and this is the lane we're going to live in but knowing that as they grow there are going to be things coming at them sooner than it did when. I was how are there.
0: you going to believe in santa claus and watch porn right <laughs> yeah <laughs> right that's that's bad news man yep yeah. yeah.
1: You have no idea what the world, what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the boys are now like, so then Sam went through the same thing. My 18 year old, you know, he, he went through the same thing, um, handled it about the same way. But, uh, but, but as a dad coming to the real realization that we are going to be fighting as, as, as men, we're going to be fighting through some things and you have to know that the guys standing to your left and right are willing to be able to get in the fight with you and choosing who those people are, right, and making sure that you're communicating solid to those boys so that they know that when it does come for them, because it will, yep. that they can come to you and they can find that, that safe place that we were talking about earlier yep. to be able to have that have that conversation. And a lot of dads aren't doing that. No, no. When you yeah. said that your son holds you accountable— on you know anything at all, I yep. mean that just oh he'll call me out on stuff me all home. the time. Like if I do if if I say something and I overreact. My boys have this code there. They I say, uh, Dad, do you need a sandwich? You know I like <laughs> that. I like that. <laughs> and it's it's our little jokey, I guess, way of them saying you're overreacting. And I always have to take that seriously when they say that, even though we're kidding and we're joking about it. If I if I'm like, no, I don't need a sandwich, and I just like, just, Bleh, you know, they're they're gonna be okay. So what you've just done, Dad, is you've just shut the door on our communication ecosystem that we have built together. You've just shut the door on that. It's not coming back.
0: And and we solve problems together. Mm-hmm. Like I, I the I think a lot of parents want to solve their own problems. And their kids' problems, and they do a bad job at both. Right. It's like we solve problems together. That's mm-hmm. just what we do. If there's yeah. a problem, we solve it. Right. I think that's.
1: I mean, I'm gonna take it's, that with me. Yeah. Guys, guys have this thing, and I, and uh, in fact, I think, I think I had your sister in my office, and and we were talking about dude stuff. Um, and I was explaining how men solve problems and how women solve problems. Yeah. It's the two difference. I am no expert at all. When in 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 girl stuff, like I tell I tell the girls at work all the time because they come into my office and they're crying too, and I get I'm like oh god yeah. I'm, I'm like oh I, I have no idea do I what do I do do I give you a hug is that appropriate can we do that I mean do I hand you a box of Kleenex what do I do I have no idea what to do right now you're crying in my office this is freaking me out but dudes all day long right yeah and uh, your sister's always like you aren't giving yourself enough credit you're pretty good at dealing with me I'm like well it's because you know we have all these hats that we wear it's like mm-hmm. i it's easy with you because i've known you since you were a kid you know yeah. it's like it's super easy but i was explaining to her how guys work i said it's important that you understand this This is how guys work when you come to us with a problem we get a notepad out and we're like send it what do you got yeah. oh that okay cool now yep. what's what's the next problem okay what's the next problem and then we're gonna go back down the list and we're gonna rationalize we're gonna say okay so this first one um, is uh, easily solved this way the next one not even a problem I don't even know why you're talking about it. This next one over here is I mean I, You can look at it and see it's a problem But I I mean I, I think that you should probably just think this way I th- and that's kind of how guys do it because zeros and ones yeah right? binary. And we're, and, and, and we're like cool, right? So problem solved all right. Let's go on with life. Meanwhile, the problem's not solved and And she whoever she may be is sitting there going you didn't even listen to what I was saying, and so I said, and girls are going to go round and round. They're going to round that mountain. They're going to keep on talking, keep on, and and they're going to say the same things over and over. They use a little bit different words, and then you're going to say, "I got it the first time," and then they're going to say, "But did you?" <laughs> but because uh, I don't think you did, because I, you know, because they just they don't want you to say anything a lot of times. They just want you to sit and listen and say, "I understand." I hear what you're saying. And it's the difference between guys and girls that make us work so well when it's done right. But when it's not, you know, when guys are just headlong and how guys are and the women are headlong, they're talking in circles. He's trying to take notes and keep up and rationalize. And she's running around circles. Then she switches directions and goes around and then she starts throwing other things before you know it. You know, you're in a full on you're in a full on fight. I like to use the pig pen. You know, who pig pen is Did you ever no. watch you know, Peanuts, the 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 cartoon? No, no. Um, Charlie Brown. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. that's Peanuts, right? Um, there's this dude in there called Pigpen, okay. and he's always got flies, and he's got dirt all over him all the time, and they're always giving him a hard time about how dirty he is. Go take a bath. He gets, goes in and takes a bath, and he comes out, and they're like, "Wow, look at you! You look great!" And then the dirt goes and it's just right <laughs> back on him. He's like, mm. "So here I am again with all this with all this dirt on me." I said, people are the same way, man. Like, we all have this dirt all over us all the time, and it's this atmosphere around every person that when I say something to Mitchie, all this dirt that I'm wearing is all the stuff that I've, I have against you from the last 10 it's, it's times that we've had a, a conversation that's that's been negative. And I haul this around because I haven't been able to shed it. And so then when I, and you have the same thing, and then I say something, and it comes out, it goes, it goes, it goes through this, and that, that round starts getting in, turbulence and it's hitting stuff and before you know it that bullet is tumbling and then it goes through your junk and, it's, and it hits you not even in the way that in my mind all i want to do is say um hey, who uh, drank the last of the orange juice, you know, and but it has a little bit of a hint of, of bad intentions on it, and then you're just like, oh, really? Because it hit you the wrong way. Now you're shooting for full effect, and you're trying to get – and then now we're in a full-on – and all it was is just there's a, there's orange juice in there, and we have to go and get some new orange juice, right? It's it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's not a world-class problem. And But what happens if we don't have that because we're able to shed it, right, and get past that and, and be like – um, hey, when you head now um, on the way back from the skate park, you know, because we're roommates pretend we're roommates Hey, can you can you stop by and grab grab a couple things from the store? Because I'm gonna be locked up over here doing this thing. And be like yeah, man. No problem got you cool so Later on high five right go out the door come back Ooh, orange juice more, more orange. juice. problem solved, right? So it's it's people hauling this stuff around and then guys doing their thing and girls doing their thing it just
0: man the, the thing that opened my eyes so much to like Girls seem to be more like the way it feels and then the way it feels right now expanded over forever. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, you never listen to me. Right. It's like, okay, that one's tough because if I've ever listened to you once, you're wrong. Like, why would you say that? That doesn't make any sense. Like. Right. I definitely have listened to you once before. Right. So like <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like yeah. I feel like you're not listening right now and that makes me feel unheard right a- across this all of space and time yeah. always. Like it's a very big deal, you know, if you don't look at me right now. Mm-hmm. And once I realize that those that kind of that those kind of feelings they do play a part yeah. in relationships. They are really important. Like not everything is solution based but let's also not get lost in the uh, the whole you know feelings get hurt and that's actually a great thing because like yeah. there's a reason that there's a reason that things hurt your feelings like for instance it used to really it used to really really impact me a lot when I get called uh, like a liar and now that hurts way less because I was a liar and I'm way less mm-hmm. of one. Mm-hmm. And so the things that hurt your feelings sometimes are, some sometimes you yeah. uh, need, sometimes those are good things. So it's like th- that difference of communicating. I mean, I, I wonder if I was different being a boss than in relationships. Like I'm sure it's all maybe harder at home sometimes, harder at work sometimes. But yeah. I mean, understanding those differences, yeah. leaning into them.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you have a girlfriend right now? Don't.
1: Nope. No girlfriend. I, I, uh, I've always struggled in the, in the relationship area just because of my, my unforgiveness that I've had towards, you know, cause I've been left. Yeah. I was abandoned as a kid yep. and then rejected and all that, that, that thing. That's the kind of common theme that I have. Right. Um, and when I came to terms with that and literally fought it, mm-hmm. like knowing what the issue is and then just getting in the ring put on four ounce gloves and then, and going okay you know what we're gonna we're gonna get after this we're gonna we're gonna battle this out and when i started sorting when i got when i got to the bottom of that knowing relationally communication wise what it actually takes to work a relationship because relationships take so much work work at work at home just with your buddies or whatever. It always takes it always takes work. And you gotta be able to sometimes, man. Some people just can't take a punch. We live in a society now of fully offended people. They walk around, I'm offended because this because you said this, Mr. Social Influencer. We need to cancel you. You know, it's like, <laughs> like okay. People can't have a bad day and just say what they want to say anymore. Got it. Okay. Point, point taken. I have to watch what I say in the workplace because there is this thing called HR right now that's going to reach up. and It's going to bite you in the ass if you say the wrong thing. Yeah. Got it. Okay, cool. But what about the other side of that? I, I, can we not be so offended as a society? Because we're just getting super soft right now. And and if people can't get, if some people can't, you know, sometimes, and, and everybody has a plan for everything in their life. Like Mike Tyson I used to say, You have a, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. Because they can't take a punch in the face. People just can't do that. They can't deal with that. And if they do, they carry that for the rest of their lives. Oh, you know, this one time I got punched in the face. So now I'm going to walk around punching everybody in the face because apparently that's what I'm what I'm supposed to do. And they get so angry and it dr- starts driving in and it starts formulating and it starts working the way into their relationships, how they deal with relationships, just because they're always offended. Well, what if somebody just was like, yeah, I'm, you know what? Um, uh, my favorite movie, Tomb- Tombstone. I love that movie. Yeah. It like that's a man's man's movie right there, right? And I remember after their shootout the OK Corral, right? Yeah. Wyatt Earp is walking back and the sheriff comes up to him and is like, Um, hey, Wyatt, uh, we need to confiscate your your uh your guns and you guys are under arrest for having a, a shootout and he goes, You know what, Behan, I'm not gonna let you arrest us today.
0: You know, it's uh, it's such a good movie.
1: Being able just to decide, you know what? No, you know what? Today, I'm not going to let this offense or eight offense go ahead and dictate my mood and how I'm going to treat everybody around me. Because as soon as I do, now I'm going to go ahead and walk around as a victim and make everybody else around me be a victim, too, just because I'm offended. You know, it's just it's just the direction society is going. So anyway, I'm just venting. Well, we're doing
0: know. we're doing our part. Uh, but I did have you booked for we're at our two hours two hours so I, I thank you for thank you for coming and sharing so much of, of you yeah man I really appreciate that a ton and maybe I'd even like to have you back one day yeah that would be awesome. anytime man or if you do anything speaking wise
1: in where I can go if it's yeah. close we do have some stuff that we do locally here but I wanted to say this to you I think that because um, listening to you here right and how deep you're able to go you you ha- you have a, a gift of being able to communicate you communicate so well i think you've gone through some periods where you just you 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 kind of locked yourself up a little bit and now you're on this other side where people are being able to see yeah who you are what you're about and what your passion is and you have so much to give i think that you need to be out there doing this as well. I think you need to be doing high school assemblies. Yep. Working on it. Are you? Okay, mm-hmm. good. Perfect. Then, yep, I, then could, uh, I
0: could use all the
1: help I can get. Yeah. Bro. I do have some buddies of mine who are um very, very very large podcasters okay. that have um, also publishing companies and things like that. Beautiful um, guys like you, you need to be communicating in every medium that you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Books. Um, I like what you're doing here and you know your Instagram stuff and but getting out and and getting in with these kids because one they're going to know who you are and your credibility is off the charts. Yeah, being able to do that. So um, so I'll call him, I'll call my I'll call my buddy and uh, I'll see. Um, hey. I got this dude and and he's got a he's got a story and a message and he's so good at communicating uh, what can we what can we do to get him plugged in because uh, between me and him we have all these like there's all these like speaking, groups right and yeah they're kind of like agencies You just gotta be careful which one you get in because then sometimes you'll be working and doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing not making the money that you should yeah. be doing because doing, your, your time is valuable and that is a piece of this there's a business aspect to it so um yeah so let me i'll make some i'll make some phone calls i'll be in touch i'll give you a shout and let you let you know when i when i when i get something that might have some some teeth for you but i think beautiful. you should be doing that for sure beautiful so
0: uh well thank you i'll i'll and